Hello and welcome to The Flex. It's Matt St. Jean here with Joe Howie, bringing you the best Friars coverage around. We got a basketball game to talk about. Friars going on the road to Butler this Sunday. But first, got a little bit of house cleaning to do. We're recording this on Friday night. We wanted to make sure this show is out for you guys with at least 24 hours to listen to it before the Friars take on Butler. That does mean we're going to be missing the selection show, the preview selection show on Saturday, which I know this is going to be interesting, Joe, to see where they're going to put us in the bracket with um, three and a half weeks until selection Sunday. Yeah, and um, for for clarity for anyone who's unaware of the selection show happening tomorrow, it's the top 16 seeds. um, So presumably... Providence, the Providence's name should be called tomorrow. If it is not called, um, I think it's safe to say that Friar fans will riot and storm the CBS headquarters. But we're going to have to see what happens first. Um, I think, you know, optimistically, I think, Matt, I speak for you, myself and a lot of uh, close Friar fans. And we say that, you know, I think we could be a three seed. Um, mm-hmm. Will that happen? Who knows? Um, I think realistically they'll probably give us a four seed, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, this is they've done this. I think this is the third year that they've done this now, something like that. And this is the first time the Friars have ever had to worry about it. This is the first time I've actually had to look up. All right. What is this show? How does it happen? Because this hasn't been a factor for us in the past, but it's going to air. I believe at noon. It's either noon or 1230, but I'm pretty sure it's noon on CBS on Saturday. There's a chance that will have already come out by the time you're listening to this. So whatever it is that happens, whether they put the Friars on the one line or we miss it entirely or whatever, you'll hear our response to that on the post game show for Butler. I'm sure you're going to see some comments on Twitter regardless, but we'll, we'll yeah. go more in depth after the Butler game, but I wanted to get that out of the way just so you guys know why we're not talking about it yet. But yeah, my feeling is the Friars are going to be anywhere between the third three seed and the second four seed somewhere in that grouping based on historically the way the committee has ranked the teams. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. I think that's perfectly fine. No, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. Uh, quite honestly, at, at this point in the season, I think just be having your name called uh, during this preseason, whatever you want to call it, selection show, it is an honor in and of itself. It means that to this point in the season, you've done everything right to be considered a top 16 team in the country that's being considered for the NCAA tournament. So. Regardless, as long as our name is called, I think I'll be pleased tomorrow. Um, and then, of course, we'll probably be like the last four seed and I'll be pissed. But um, <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. It, just a note here. No team has ever been named to this bracket reveal show and missed the tournament entirely. So. Take me. I mean, as long as the Friars, I mean, Friars should already be a lock. That should make it really in stone hearing it from the committee that we're in the top 16. I'm just pulling up a little bit of bracketology here. I'm going to the heat check college basketball one uh, by Lucas Harkins. He does a really good job over there. Um, And I clicked on the wrong link when I was going to open that up. So you'll have to give me a second while I bring it up. Most brackets I've seen have had the Friars basically in a group with Texas Tech, 
Wisconsin, Illinois, in the same group as Villanova, but now behind them instead of ahead of them. And that group is a group that spans the three seed into the four seed. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Now I have it up. Yeah, they have us on the four line right now. This is one of the more accurate brackets out there. And as far as I can tell, we are the top four seed. They have us in the East. So the three seeds in this case, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Texas Tech, and Duke. The four seeds, Providence, Houston, Illinois, UCLA. That's, that's kind of – yeah, and they, they have Villanova up on the two. They have Baylor up on the two. Both of those kind of surprised me. but That's awfully really, generous. That's a. This is a group of teams. That's that's ten, ten teams we just named, and depending on how you like to weigh things, there's a lot of different ways you could do it. So, we'll see what. I mean, this is this is the one bracket bracketology that actually means something because this is the real people that are going to be yeah. deciding things. <laughs> so, this lets us know. All right, how are they actually measuring things? Because if yeah. if Ken Palm and the net are that important, the Friars are just barely going to squeak in, or they're not going to matter at all, or they're, they're not going to make it at all. If they don't matter that much, the Friars will be on the three line. If the committee is willing to overlook those and say, "Hey, we, we see the wins and losses, we see the teams they're beating, it doesn't really matter how they're doing it, they're winning games," then this team will be on the three line. Yep, I I, I mean, th- this is it right here. This is the litmus test for the Friars. Um. Ken Palm, the net, even the AP poll—all of that goes out the window tomorrow, and we're gonna we're gonna hear straight from the horse's mouth where the Friars stand nationally. Yeah, and then after that, it's a four-game season. Uh, I want to talk again. We're gonna pre preview this Butler game, but I think first, I wrote an article on Big East Coast bias talking about this, and Joe, I think we can talk about just the race for first place in the Big East right now, and what Providence and Villanova have coming up. Providence plays at Butler on Sunday, the first of four games to finish the season. Villanova, also four games. The Big East champion is going to be the team that has the better record over those four games between the two teams. And Providence and Villanova each finish with the same record over the, that, those last four games over the next two weeks. The Friars are taking home the ship. So that means that that Providence at Villanova game is still, after all this, there's a decent chance that's going to mean even more for Villanova than it does for Providence. Because if if Providence wins that game, they are almost certainly Big East champions. But yeah, Matt, oh, if Providence can lose the game and still have plenty of ways to end up on top. Yeah, normally I don't like to play the look-ahead game. I've said that hundreds of times throughout the, the, the course of this podcast's existence, really. Now I think it's an appropriate time to play the look-ahead game because you're talking Big East regular season championship here. This hasn't been done since the the spawn of the conference um, in the gave in the Dave Gavitt days. So this this is a really important time for us to maybe not play look-ahead to the games, but look at the bigger picture of things and kind of zoom out for a second. I I really think you got to take care of business. Um, We've already beaten Butler. We've already beaten Xavier. We have yet to play Creighton, but if that DePaul game that was at 10 p.m. last night with Creighton shows anything, it shows that Creighton's more than beatable. Um, and and then I, I, I think there's no better way to end the regular season with a regular season finale at Villanova. Um, Colin Gillespie comes in and ruins our uh, pink out game. Would love it if we went in there and ruined his last game on campus. That, that, that would, would make my something. year. 
Yeah. The opponents left for each team, the Friars, play at Butler versus Xavier versus Creighton and then at Villanova for the Wildcats. They get Georgetown at home. I'm going to be shocked if they lose that one. I think we can pretty much just count that as a win right off the bat. There are other two games outside of the Providence one, though, both on the road. They also play at Butler and they play at UConn. So according to Ken Palm, I just going through the numbers for those the other three games outside of the Providence game, Villanova has a 58 percent chance to lose at least one of them. If they do that, they lose at UConn or at Butler. All the Friars have to do is win three games. Doesn't matter which three. The Friars can lose at Villanova if they win the other three. They're Big East champions. So in some ways, I mean, Villanova has the opportunity here to slip up. That said, if you're Providence, the easiest way to do this, just win your games. The yeah. Friars should be favored in the next three. Win those three, and then if you win at Nova, at the, that means that going into that game at Nova, you're either already Big East champions, or if you win, you're Big East champion. The simplest yeah. path. Um. Honestly, I think Villanova at Butler is probably the game to watch. Um, Butler's had Villanova's goat at Hinkle for the past couple of seasons. Um, And I say this as we're preparing to travel to Hinkle, so I'm not going to say anything too, too um, terrible. But I think that's a game to watch. Um, And Villanova at Connecticut, you know, I hate Connecticut fans. I hate Connecticut basketball. I strongly dislike Danny Hurley. But I'll give credit where it's due. They have a rowdy fan base. Um, and it seems like every fan base in the Big East gets up for when Villanova comes to town. So yeah, how, how many times this season can you go in and deflate an environment? I don't know. Let's, that's another big test for Villanova. Um, yeah. But again, big picture, but also closing in. The, the, the first step towards any hopes of a Big East regular season title is beating Butler on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So we'll focus in on that one first before that, Joe, because you mentioned that Villanova struggled out there. The Wildcats have lost four of their last five games at Butler, right? dating back to 2017. Woof. Yeah, so that one win was in January of 2019, uh, and they they lost their last year. So, yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting. That would be the season finale, the last day of the regular season. Um, so, yeah, well, well we're going to see what happens. Lots to play out. While we're talking about record at Hinkle, I figured you'd like this, Joe. The Friars have a winning record there all time, at least at, uh, at Butler. In the new What's the record? Five and three. Interesting. Yeah, but the crazier part to me, no win has come by more than eight points. They have two wins by four, two wins by six. One of those was in overtime and a win by eight points back in uh, back on New Year's Eve 2015. Hmm. Yeah, so the, the Friars really have not been that intimidated by the Hinkle environment. But I will say the one the one thing that it's come with. The Friars do not score out there. They've only scored more than 70 points three times. They've only scored, and one of those is a 73-point performance. They have two two games scoring in the 80s. For the most part, though, it's low-scoring, grinded-out games out there. We know that's the style of basketball Butler likes to play, and we saw it at the dunk earlier this season. And that was just, uh, I don't know. 
it, it was an interesting game to watch with the Friars coming back from the COVID pause when they beat Butler earlier this year. Yeah, that, that game was, um, I think, interesting is the right word, Matt. Coming off of a COVID pause, um, you had probably a 75% filled Dunkin' Donuts Center. You know, tape, the team hasn't played together in a couple of days. Uh, no A.J. Reeves. And you're you're playing a pesky Butler team. I think pesky is the word to describe them. Obviously, they weren't very pesky against St. John's tonight. They got curb stomped. But for the most part, I think Butler is pesky. I think Butler is more of the bottom three, uh, De- Butler, DePaul, Georgetown. I think Butler is the most competitive of the three. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they upset Marquette. They, they have a couple of wins under their belt, you know, and I yeah. sang their praises very early on in the season. I thought that they, because of the talent and the, the roster power that they were returning, that they were going to be a, a middle crust team of the conference. And so far, they have yet to show that. No, the yeah. clock is ticking. Yeah, they have a win at home against Marquette. They have a win at Oklahoma in overtime. And that's really it. For this group, 13 and 14 on the season. So they're under 500 right now, 6 and 10 in the Big East. And I mean, they're guys, they're just not getting it done like we hoped. Chuck Harris, sophomore guard, he hasn't taken the leap. Jaden Taylor, who's a freshman, I mean, he's been good, but he's not anything special. Aaron Thompson has not been what they expected. Bryce Golden and Bryce Enzi are both solid players, make no doubt about it. But when you compare them to the other front courts in the Big East, they're they're definitely on the lower end, and in some ways, their best player, the guy that decides whether or not they're going to win as of late, is the freshman Seamus Lacoutius. Lacoutius? Lacoutius, Lacoutius. Yeah. Tomato, one, tomato. He's won Big East Freshman of the Week a couple times. He's a guy, I saw the stat, when he scores in, in double figures, Butler has only lost once. I think they're 5-1 and one with him scoring in double figures. Interesting. But yeah, you can see it's only happened a handful of times. He's he's a super hit or miss, super streaky shooter. I believe he also he had a game earlier this year where he was really on for them. He, I mean, he's had a couple of them. He scored 14 points when this team beat Creighton. So and that's kind of in, in a lot of ways the player to watch. But this is when you look at the analytics, this team isn't as bad as Georgetown. But they're closer to being Georgetown than they are to being anybody in the middle of the pack of the Big East. Yeah, I want to I want to take a step back and, and talk about Aaron Thompson for a second, because I feel like he has been, you know, at the top of the scouting report for a lot of teams when, you know, preparing for Butler. And I feel like he is probably their most inconsistent player. I think his bones are made of glass. You know, he's injury prone. And quite honestly, Matt, I just think he's flat out overrated. Um, There are times when he shows like some sheer athleticism and some nice talent. But as a whole, I'd say, you know, meh, nothing to write home about. No, and I don't think he's ever quite developed into what Butler had in mind for him. Injuries are a big part of that. He did just set the all-time record for assists in Butler history, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah, he passes the ball well, but that's about all he does. In his career, he's averaged over four assists per game. He's averaged at least four assists every year since his freshman one. But his scoring has taken a dip this year. He's averaging eight points a game, which is fine for a role player. But, I mean, 
that's just not going to get it done if he's supposed to be one of your best options on offense. I mean, Jaden Taylor for them as a freshman is averaging just under nine a game. Bryce Golden, 9.3. Chuck Harris, 10.8. Chuck Harris, he's a good player. But when your best player is scoring 10.8 points per game, it's going to be a little bit rough. You know what I'm looking forward to, Matt? Uh, as you say, Chuck Harris is um, – Chippy Bynum to come back because Bynum and Chuck Harris were paired against each other defensively at the dunk and Bynum was getting real chippy. Um, I think he hit a corner three in the first half and I, I guess Chuck Harris said something to him. Bynum drains the three, turns around, says something back and just the entirety of the game. You saw Chuck Harris on the next possession tried to drain one in Bynum's uh, grill like completely misses the shot and there there were just some words exchanged i i think that's an, another fun matchup to watch you know stats aside like the, the, there's a chippiness to both teams that i think is enjoyable where it's not like um to the level of depaul where Corvercier mccauley is like hushing the crowd or nick on is flexing his muscles and you know he's yep. only scoring like nine points or whatever yep. In a lot of ways, the way Butler shows up on the scouting report and the way that they played against the Friars for the first time around, it's not that far off from Villanova in the way that they're going to attack you and where their strengths are. The problem is they are just not anywhere close to as good. It was the guards that gave Butler – that gave Providence – an issue last time. Chuck Harris led all scorers. He had 21 points. He had nine field goals. Bo Hodges, he had 17 points of his own. He also had eight rebounds. Aaron Thompson, he had six assists. It was that trio. And if you had Seamus Lacocious possibly having a decent game, that's how Butler's going to play well. But Bryce Enzi, Bryce Golden, they really got dominated for most of the game. I went back. Butler took a lead. 43-42 in the second half earlier this season. And from that point on, the Friars outscored them 21-15. to 15. 15 of the 21 points came from Watson and Crosswell. And that's I think that's going to be the recipe on how you beat them. Pound them down low and trust that they're not going to hit as many threes on you as Villanova did. Yeah, I'm really gr- I'm really glad you brought that point up, Matt, because I'm looking at the the box sheet from that game now. In 25 minutes, Watson put up 18 points and seven boards. In 14 minutes, Croswell put up 10 and four. I, I mean, the two of them together, we've been talking about the dynamic all season. It's it's a nightmare for defenses to match up because you're planning for Watson, then you put Croswell in. Obviously, two different physical types of players, but. When you look across the Big East, you always you hear on the media like, oh, like Eric Dixon's going to give Watson some trouble. No, he didn't. Oh, Jack Nungy's going to give Watson some trouble. All right. Well, he had a good game. Watson's still the better big. When you look at Butler, Bryce Enzi and Bryce Golden, no one says, oh, they're going to give Watson trouble. Like, I, I think I think it's like common knowledge that Nate Watson is just physically superior to those two. And regardless of who's guarding him, he's just going to impose his will. Um, and yeah, listen, Butler's coming off of a loss, but so are we. Our loss stings more and means more to the season than Butler's does. So I wouldn't be surprised if Watson's playing some revenge ball right now. Oh, yeah. And this is I mean, Butler is not a team that is big anyway. And the Friars exposed them in the paint last time. I assume we're going to see a whole lot more of that. And if they're willing to give the Friars shots from deep, I mean, I, I'm fine taking them because 
fr- I mean, if this if this game comes down to who's going to shoot the three ball better, the Friars aren't some amazing three point shooting team. But Butler is bad. They're outside of the top 300 in three-point shooting percentage. If that's how things are going to go, I'm confident the Friars can beat them that way too, especially if they're giving so much attention down low that Providence can get open looks. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is something that we've seen a lot of this season is when you have the best big man in the conference, it's going to draw a lot of attention, a lot of double and triple teams. And if you, especially if you have Reeves and Bynum on the floor, like we can talk Horkler, Mania, Durham too. We have Reeves and Bynum on the floor, and Watson's getting triple teamed. Chances are someone's going to be open. So if Reeves and Bynum are both covered, the ball gets kicked out to Durham or Horkler. Like men are going to are going to move to help and provide some support defense. Someone's going to be open for the shot. And yeah. I, I think this game is as simple as high ball screens. You know, something that killed the Friars last game. What we can kill DePaul with, or not DePaul, Jesus. What we can kill <laughs> Butler with is inside out. Dump the ball inside. Watson gets swarmed. Okay, kick out three pointer. It, it could be as simple as that. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be anything super complex. I was going back through some of the film from the time we played them before, and I put this clip on Twitter so you'll see. I don't know you saw it, Joe, of them running a high ball screen against us. And one, I mean, I think it gave the perfect example of what Providence needs to do, or at least the first part of what Providence needs to do against Villanova next time. That's what I was talking about after the Nova game. If they're going to bring a high ball screen, then you got to bring your center up or your forward up to try to push that ball carrier, the ball handler, away from the basket so the defender can recover and get in front of them. The downside to that is that no matter how you play that, you're going to end up devoting three defenders to two men and somebody's going to be open. In this particular case, it left Bryce Enzi open for three at the wing. I'm not yeah. scared of Bryce Enzi beating the Friars the way Colin Gillespie just did. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, perfectly said. I'm not even. I'm not even going to try and uh, build on that. I think that's that's perfect right there. Um, for actually, yeah, I am going to try and build on that. Yeah, the Butler's not going to punish you from three like Villanova will. Butler's not going to punish you from three like Marquette or Creighton or UConn will. Eh, maybe not UConn, but no, not UConn. Mar- <laughs> Yeah, forget that F UConn. Um, Butler's not going to punish you from deep, so I think you know this would be a good game for us to kind of, if Butler's running high ball screens on us, to kind of get set in relearning how to defend those efficiently. Um, it gives you a different look than a scout defense at practice does. You know, I think regardless of the sport, going against a scout team versus going against an opposing team's offense. It, it, it's just two different feels. Um, so I think this is a, a, another get-right game. I know we called the DePaul a get-right game. Um, that turned out to be a three-point overtime victory. <laughs> but I digress. This is an important game for us to, you know, get back on track and, like Ed Cooley said in the post-game press conference, prove what we're made of. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you look at Butler's victories this year, they've come when they've shot the three-ball well. So you do have to honor it. You do have to defend it. But... You're not worried about dedicating the bodies to that because you have a rim protector down low in Watson. This isn't like you're playing Villanova and they have a guy like a Dixon who they can bring outside of the paint and open up lanes for ball handlers to drive on you. Watson's going to be able to stay at home for most of this game. When Butler beat Marquette, they shot really well from three. 
Uh, Chuck Harris, four for eight. Bryce Golden, three for five. Bo Hodges, three for seven. Simas Lacocious, two for four. Lacocious hit a bank in three to beat DePaul. Yeah, they can hit threes. They like to take a lot of them, but it seems like they're getting one game out of every five or six where they're actually shooting the three ball well. As long as you defend it at least somewhat, they're not going to beat you with it. And even if they do shoot it well, you should still be able to play well enough to beat them. Yeah. So uh, this is this is definitely it's a bounce and it's a must win. The Friars have three must wins in this regular season left. I, I expect good things for Providence. I'll tell you why right now, Joe. You look at the, the way that they've kind of played teams this season, especially teams at the bottom of the conference. Seems like they have one close game, one blowout. DePaul, you get taken overtime once, but you, you beat them by 17 on their own floor. Georgetown, they played you pretty close at home. You go down to Georgetown, you beat them by 19. Butler played you pretty close at home. Now you're going on the road against them. Heck, this trend applies to the Marquettes of the world as well. Marquette, you got blown out the first time. You get them the second time, you're able to make some adjustments, beat them by more. And I think this is part of it. It's just there's there's a lot of even the worst teams in the Big East are still pretty good at basketball in the grand scheme of things. It's hard to beat a team down twice. But Butler is bad enough. The Friars should be able to beat them down once. I expect them to come out motivated on Sunday. I'm going to be shocked, honestly, if this one is particularly close. I think this is a team that's not going to be intimidated by that environment. I mean, you got a guy like Al Dorm who played at Indiana. He's familiar with this area. I don't think they're going to be intimidated by the environment. I think they're going to be locked in. And if they score like they did against Villanova, then this is going to be a 20-point game unless Butler shooting in a way that they haven't shot all year. Yeah, um, I think that was really well put. The only thing I'm going to disagree about is – I don't know the margin of victory. Um, quite honestly, uh, obviously it does matter. I think for the sake of our season right now, you know, metrics and rankings and everything aside, we need to win more than we need anything. Butler's coming off of a, a terrible loss at St. John's. Um, I, I can imagine they're going to be thirsty when we come into town, you know. Um, they're desperate because they're not necessarily a DePaul or a Georgetown yet. Um with that said, you know, I don't think they have postseason hopes, but they have some dignity. You know, Georgetown right now has no dignity. They're just folding and rolling over. Same with DePaul. They're just folding and rolling over. Butler's got a little bite to them. Um, so I expect them to, to push back and to be aggressive and competitive. Um, but the point you made about, you know, first time you play DePaul, you blow them out. Second time, it's a close game. First time you play Georgetown, it's a close game. Second time, you blow them out. I think there's some truth to that, you know. I think perhaps the first two, the first time we played Butler, the first time we played Georgetown, you know, we had a target on our back. We were the hottest team in the conference, you know. They wanted those, to come in. They want. Yeah, those were the first two games coming out of the COVID pause, too, back-to-back. So we, we were vulnerable, you know. Oh, it's a good time to take down the lucky Providence Friars that are top 25 ranked and leading the conference that just came off a pause. We had a target on our back. Now we're the hunter. Um, Villanova, you know, we're still in first place, but Villanova beating us at home is, has kind of shifted the narrative a little bit. So we're trying to get back on track now. And I, I like this team with a hunter with an underdog mentality. That's what got us the top 25 ranking. And that's what's going to keep us rolling towards March. 
Yeah, I think it's pretty clear from the way Ed Cooley reacted after the Villanova game. Uh, they were not rattled in the in the least bit. They looked back and said, hey, we played a good game. We need to tighten some things up. There's things we can learn from. We're going to go back to practice, and we're just going to move on to the next game. It's professional. That's how you win games on the road. I, I, yeah. I mean, the Friars already won at St. John's. They won at Georgia. I mean, winning at St. John's, that's a way tougher opponent and a way tougher venue than at Butler. And unless Hingle works some kind of magic where the Friars can't shoot the ball, which we have seen before, and we're not the only team that that's happened to. It does happen to top teams there all the time. Just ask Villanova. Barring something like that, the Friars are the better team. And, well, Butler could come out fired up because they just lost. They got killed at St. John's. Well, we can't we can't say it. they got killed. That was 91-57. They're that not going to get beat was, like yeah, yeah, it's bad. They're not going to get beat like that again. But also, I'm not going to be super shocked if they come out a little bit dejected. They've played a lot of basketball recently. They played Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, and now Sunday. It's a lot of basketball in a short span, a lot of travel in that time. Home, then you fly to Chicago, then you fly to New York, and then you fly back home and turn around to play a team less than 48 hours after your previous one. It's a lot of travel, and I'm going to be quite honest, I'm not sure if LaValle Jordan is up for the task of getting his guys ready for this game on a short turnaround like this. It's really going to come down to the Butler players. If they're able to have a game like they haven't had many of this year, if they're able to have a game like they did against Marquette, then, yeah, this is they're going to have a shot at winning. Unless they do something like this, I in my eyes, it's really, all right, what's the margin of victory? Is this a five-point game or is this a 20-point game? Because the Friars are the better team in really every sense of the word. Yeah, I mean, the logistics of um, this matchup certainly favor us. You know, the last time we played was Tuesday. The last time Butler played was today. So really, you're right, Matt. If they fly tonight, it's a quick turnaround. If they fly tomorrow, it's still a quick turnaround. You have a day, and likely they're not going to practice tomorrow. And if they do, it's going to be a walkthrough. And then Sunday at 1 p.m., you're back at you're back on the hardwood for a, not a practice, not a scrimmage, but a game. Mm-hmm. So... The logistics of this this game certainly favor the Friars. Uh, I think even the narrative favors the Friars too. You get you get your teeth kicked in, you know, maybe not kicked in, but um, you suffer a soul crushing loss to Villanova. You're hanging on to the regular season title by a thread. What's the best way to to regain to regain that grip that you had on the top of the conference? You go into one of the basement teams and kick their teeth in. Right now, Butler is not really playing for anything other than pride and dignity. And I think our, our narrative out, out, out shines that one. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. And if you're writing the story of the Providence Friars, I mean, this is where it's uh, what do you call it? What were those old books you'd read as a kid? Uh, the Choose Your Own Adventure novels. There's yeah. kind of there's one uh, one of two pages you can skip to after this. Either the team stumbles because of that Villanova game and they get down on themselves or they're going to rebound or they're going to they're going to play a good game here with with a little bit of rest. Mind you, the Friars didn't play since Tuesday. And with with a group as veteran as this, with a coach who seems to be as locked in as Coach Cooley, who, by the way, we didn't mention this, he's on the short list for Coach of the Year, officially as of today, as he should be. Yes. He he and Shaka Smart, both on that list, both deserve it. If I had a vote right now, at least for Big East Coach of the Year, it's Ed Cooley. And Ed that's Cooley. without a doubt in my mind, the way things have gone. With a coach of that stature, 
again, I'm going to be shocked if the Friars don't bounce back. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and this has been a season of resilience, too. And the season uh, holistically has been a bounce back to what was a, a, a really underwhelming season. Matt, I saw that article. I think Dana O'Neill of The Athletic yeah. wrote it. Is that correct? Yeah, I saw you retweeted it. It's a rather long read, but it's actually it's really insightful, really well written and does a great job painting the picture of why this season is so important for Ed Cooley and this team. Um but back to my original point, the, the season in and of itself has, has been a, has been a season of bounce back. Last year, you went 13 and 13. There were a ton of egos on the team. Obviously, a, a bunch of players off the roster. You rebuild via the transfer market. You get the, the guys to buy into one another for the greater good. You come back and what's produced thus far is a 21 and three season for the top eighth ranked team in the country. You know, I, I think that's quite the turnaround. So if there's anything that de- describes this season, it's bounce back. If there's anything that describes this game tomorrow, or not tomorrow, Sunday, it's bounce back. You need to bounce back from that loss. You need to beat Butler. Doesn't matter how you do it. You leave Indianapolis with a W. Yeah, I agree. That's that's the motto right here. Got to find a way to get it. You win big, you got a chance of still staying in the top 10 after losing to Nova. We'll see what the AP poll says. We'll see what the selection committee says. All of that stuff's out of the hands of the Friars, though. All they can do, play a little bit better defense at Butler. Don't let them get into a rhythm shooting threes and play your game. Get into the paint. Dominate. Impose your will on them because the Friars are more than talented enough, more than big enough to do it. And you hop on that plane, you come home, and you got a game later that week against Xavier. Yep. So, yeah, it'll be a, a lot of games in a short span here for the Friars. We're on like 11 days away from the last regular season game for Providence. That came in a hurry. This season has flown by, but that'll happen when you're at the top 21 and 3, 11 and 2 in conference, number eight in the country. Who could have seen this coming, Joe? Not me. I, I mean, in of course, I could always see this coming. You know, before podcasters, we are fans, and every fan sees their team at the top. Um, but I, I think our expectations were not as heightened at the beginning of the season. You know, there was a level of uncertainty. You have transfers. Yeah. We came off of a really bad year. But I digress. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Appreciate the moment and beat Butler. You heard what Joe said beat butler this game is sunday at one o'clock so it's not here it's not the sunday noon game the friars have had a, a couple times as of late this one will be on fox sports one out at Hinklefield house the historic venue i'm gonna tell you joe with a long weekend i look to see all right how much is it to fly out to indy for this one oh, a little bit too much too. Yeah, a little bit too much for the budget unfortunately i'll have to make the uh, the trek out there at some point though but yeah, Friars should be favored in this one. And yeah, thank you all for listening. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you're listening to this, following us on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following it. I'll give the shout out. Follow Big East Coast Bias, too. We're we both right there. We're both going to be at the Big East Tournament wearing that badge. So make sure you're following that. We're going to have great content as the season winds down here and make sure to leave us a rating wherever you're listening to it. I know Spotify has that now. I know Apple music's had ratings for forever. Leave a rating. If you like us, if you don't like us, (laughs) don't don't worry about it. Don't leave that rating. It's all right. We don't, we don't need to hear criticism. It's okay. We're podcasters. We live in a bubble, but yeah, 
that's it for us. We'll talk to you after the game. Thanks for listening. Go Friars.